Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, Millionaire Mindcast fam? Welcome into today's show, Mr. Breedwell. How are you? Dude, I'm still recovering from your birthday party. You know, that was a good time. I didn't have a, I didn't get too crazy. Um, no, that was fun. The backyard yeah. looked beautiful. The pool, Alex crushed it on the 90s party theme. Yeah, we had Pop Rocks galore. Crustables. Uh, Uncrustables. What was that? A little uh, pizza making station. Pizza making station. Yeah, she had, uh, she had CDs. They're still hung. The CDs are still hung. We haven't taken those down yet. She did a great job. The house looks awesome. Backyard looked awesome. We got to bust out some 1942, the Classe Azul, some great margaritas. I I think I may have consumed at least 12 street tacos. Oh, man. Everybody was making fun of me because I was going in with like the tortilla in hand and just scooping out just chunks of meat. But that's the way add a little tray. That's the way you do it. Yeah, I don't, I there's nothing wrong with that. I uh, I had like three. I was I don't know why I couldn't eat so much, but man, they were so good. That was one of my um, that was one of our my friends, client and clients. He owns a taqueria in downtown Sac, so he came up and catered it. It was amazing. It was in Fuego. We had a great time. What was your favorite part about the birthday? Um, I just enjoyed having everybody there. It was cool. For, well, mainly the the birthday came when the backyard was done. So that was like, yeah, the backyard's done. We can be over with it. That was that was a big deal for us. Um, really, just being 
at the just having everybody over that that was fun. I really liked that. I I had a really good time. You are uh, definitely a great host, and so obviously having the backyard done for you uh, equals more entertainment and fun for summer. Correct. And I already Alex is telling me today. She said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have having one of my girlfriends over on Wednesday to swim." Like there we go. (laughs) That's summer. Getting the money's worth. Summer has started. Yeah. Well, welcome into the show, guys. We got a great. Um, show for you guys today. We are going to be covering really a lot of ground today, being that there's a lot to discuss. Crypto is uh, definitely got some interesting activity going on over the last 24 hours. We got some big uh, reports coming out this week with unemployment, Federal Open Markets Committee. Um, will we see another hike? Mr. Breedwell is yes. going to give you his thoughts around the market. And potentially it being one of the best opportunities to buy. Never like to time the market, but we'll give our thoughts there. I got some great predictions for you guys on where we're at with the real estate market. And really, are we in an affordability crisis or not? Um, and should you choose recession or inflation? Which one do you think is more important to combat right now? We'll be digging in on today's show. With that being said, if you are new to the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. One of the ways that we continue to share this amazing content with all of you guys is all the support that we get in iTunes, leaving a five-star review, subscribing each and every week. And don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray by texting the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. If you want to get on my deals list for syndication, passive investment opportunities, you can always text the word deals to that same phone number. Or if you're just new to the show, you want to say what up, shoot us a text 844-447-1555. We've been getting a lot of people lately texting in on the x-ray for those that don't know or haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray. What is that? And what do they get when they text that number? X-ray is just an overview of what you're currently doing to see if we can maybe help you take that to the next level. Um, Starts with just a review. If you have a robust enough portfolio, meaning it's large enough to where we can actually Review it, look at... Oh, that fees. number be, just so people are aware? 10, um, 30, 100? Somewhere around, I mean, I fifty fifty thousand dollars or more, and then they've had it for a little bit. That gives us enough data to, to like say, hey, this is... You've been doing this, you've been doing that. If it's a smaller portfolio, I'll still review it. It'll just be a little more... I can just tell what it is because I don't need so much... Uh, I don't need an analyst's help with that. Uh, but for bigger portfolios, more robust portfolios, uh, we'll do a full financial review by a third party of an analyst, write up a report. We'll go through the fees, the performance, the allocation, what we think might be better long-term, what we think what you were doing long-term would look like and what we could do to improve that. And then um, implementation of things you aren't doing. Maybe you need to add some more risk to your portfolio. Maybe you need to look at alternatives. Maybe you need to look at real estate. So it's just a it's a holistic approach to your financial plan. And there's no cost or obligation to go through it. We've helped a lot of people out over the past couple of years. And the, the main thing is it just gets people into a, a fee scenario where they're good. I tell people, hey, you know, I'm not going to babysit you 100% of the time, but You'll get really consistent reports. You can reach out to me whenever you need to be reached out to. And the accounts are kind of allocated the way they're supposed to be. Everybody's taking losses right now. 
my account, this is Monday, my account down about seven and a half quarter percent this morning. Um, so everybody's taking losses right now. It's just, are you in areas where you understand why you're taking the losses? Are you allocated appropriately? Some people don't like, some people can wake up today like me and see a seven and a quarter percent loss and be like, oh man, it looks like it's a good time to go buy. Those type of people though, I have portfolios for you. So we can, um, we just build a custom financial plan for you. And then you don't just have investments, you have a financial plan moving forward and you can feel good that you got kind of advice from people that don't just have a one size, you know, fits all approach to everybody. So speaking of time to buy, I mean, uh, you and I are obviously, we're just having a conversation. I'm going to be, um, you know, opening up another account being that, uh, you know, the best time to buy is always, you know, in the rear view mirror, right. In hindsight, but I don't know about you. I just want to get your take. Obviously this isn't financial advice, but you know, big dips going on right now, you know, in crypto we're seeing, I think what uh, Bitcoin is down. Is it under 23 or it's right around 23? At least last I checked, it was at right at 23 something. It might be still going down. It's been falling all morning. So Ethereum is, Ethereum is obviously down pretty aggressively. Correct. The crypto is, you know, still trying to find its bottom. I think we've seen, you know, the stock market still in very bearish, if not already in bearish territory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you still feel like it's trying to settle and find a bottom or are we just kind of going horizontal, jumping around? Um, it is, you know, the, the price action movement down has been indicative of every time they've raised interest rates. And then we've had a recovery right after. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if that's what's going on right now. Um, I am seeing, um, institutions still are, are purchasing and buying. Um, but this would be a second bottom if we do find it and then, um, make a recovery. So it'd be the second time we tested bottoms in the market. It'll kind of, you know, end of market today will be important and then pushing through the week through the rate decision. Um, I think last week's uh, hotter than expected inflation numbers were a little bit worrisome, even though. And where did that come in at? Uh, it came in at 8.6 instead of 8.5. And I heard a lot of people saying consensus was 8.3. And then consensus was not 8.3, consensus was 8.6, or excuse me, 8.5. And it came in at 8.6. So missing numbers by 30 basis points is a lot bigger deal than 10 basis points. To me, I still don't see that as I'm, you know, something that people need to be super concerned about. Um, I'm really, really, really keeping an eye on the jobs and labor market. That's going to be the uh, tipping scale, whether people feel that there's a full-fledged uh, recession, you know, impending or going on. And also, um, what what kind of is, hey, when we have rising inflation and the stock market going down, we can definitely go through a technical recession, which right now, again, I believe we're in what's called a technical recession. The technicals, the market graphs show us we are, we're going down and the percentages put us to a level that would say we're in a technical recession, which is not anything to be worried about. It's just something to understand. The thing that gets us to what people keep saying, recession, and I've, I've been telling, I was even talking to my dad this week about that. They're, they're mixing up recession and depression. People are, when they say that the market will go down more, 
we would enter the final phase of a market downturn, which is a depression. And that's the probably the worst it can happen. And when we have a depression, like the Great Depression, people have heard of that. That's when the market loses tons and tons and tons and tons of its value because of overpricing. Now, the thing that would be that would need to happen for that to happen, at least in my opinion, and a lot of professionals' opinion, is we have to see runaway um, employment numbers to the negative side, meaning inflate um, unemployment percentages starts rising uncontrollably, unemployment claims start coming in at big swaths, and we're just, we're just not seeing that. In fact, we're seeing the opposite. We don't see a huge amount of job openings right now. In fact, the job openings report was less than favorable, meaning they wanted more jobs than were um, offered. But the jobs that are being offered are being filled because the flip side to the coin is people need money. So they're going to eventually say, I'm not getting any free money from the government. I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and watch my savings. I'm going to go pick up a job or a second job. And so that's what we're seeing happening right now. And absorption of prices to consumers is still being accepted by consumers on a large scale. Gas is still being put in tanks. Um, people are still shopping every single weekend. Everywhere is busy at every single um, major uh, anchor at all the um, Class A shopping centers that are near me. And I know some of the, even the lower end CMB strip centers are still popping. I mean, the strip center you own down the street from my house, popping the record store there, you know, they bought the, this popping all day. I don't know how that honestly, in my mind, it lived next to, I have no idea how that thing is so popping, but it is all day. So that's discretionary income being spent. And I think the only thing happening is we had COVID. So people have been they, they really don't care how much it costs because they haven't had an opportunity to spend. So they don't care if the plane ticket costs 25% more. They don't care if gas is, is 120, 130% more per gallon. They just don't care because the experience is worth doing that. Now, to the flip side of that, investors do seem to start are starting to care about their investment accounts. And we're starting to see movements, especially from retail investors, taking larger cash positions. And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make as an investor, being a retail investor, especially. You don't know when the market bottom is, just like I don't know when the market bottom is. So whenever you put your money into cash, you are literally telling yourself that you know when the market bottom is because you've taken your money out of the market to then hopefully and eventually put it back in. The same goes for real estate. If you were to try to time the real estate market, like if you were to say, oh, I'm going to listen to, Analyst ABC because analysts are always right, and we need to listen to analysts. Um, I'll wait until somebody names me a millionaire analyst um, because they say that the market's going to crash, and so we need to follow what they say because he put he's on TV. Uh, I'm on TV every weekend too. Don't listen to what I say all the time unless it's about investing. But just it doesn't it doesn't correlate there to to your point with the housing data. There's no, they're missing pieces for a housing market crash. So I think the same thing is going on on both sides. We have pundits over here calling for a recession to depression, which I can definitely see why. I just can't, I can't make it make sense. And then on the other side, I know this is annoying you. Welcome to my life. 
people keep saying that the real estate market is going to crash. And, and again, it's just they're not using the right terminology and they're not being fair. The real estate market's going to cool, cool, not crash. When something, when the in the past five months, when real estate prices go up by about 20%, that's going to cool off when it just costs to get into that type of uh, 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 vertical. When the stock market's been on a freaking bull tear, I mean, 2020 was a recession, but it was a very short-lived recession with a V-shaped recovery. So we didn't really feel the full pullbacks of that. When when people have been piling money into blank check companies and making 100% returns, that is going to eventually come back and show itself. And prudent investors always are the ones sitting in the back getting you know pissed, thrown in their Wheaties. You know, sometimes oh no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have 90% of your money in fucking Tesla. You shouldn't have 80% of your portfolio in, in Apple. Somebody this past week said, oh, yeah, well, I saw an infographic that Warren Buffett has uh, 40% of his portfolio in Bank of America. I said, Warren Buffett has fucking $80 billion. Warren Buffett can do that. You don't have that kind of money. You cannot do that. So I'm sorry that you're not Warren Buffett. Um, it, it, we have to be fair to our money. And in times of volatility, we have to look at it through a, not through our drunk goggles, which is what a lot of people do. They, they instantly know all this stuff. They have nothing, they have no idea about and become the expert in their, uh, their demise. I mean, I'm going to sell this and buy this and do this and do that when really calmer heads tend to prevail. And the yep. simple, the simple thing to do in the market, in my neck of the woods, in the stock market, when the market's like this and everything is red, that doesn't make sense. Why is everything going down? Why are you not going to go to Starbucks ever again? Are you never going to go to Target? You don't think people are going to go shop at Walmart? You don't think people are going to go to Taco Bell? It's it's just a reshuffling and repricing. And the patient people will come out and they will win and they will be rewarded. And it will take them time to see that. Um, but it's almost like, and you'll hear me and you, my crypto people will like this. It'd be like you buying Bitcoin back when the Bitcoin pizza scan, you know, scandal happened. And you said, Bitcoin's going to be $1 and here it is today at 23000 You would have been right. Patience would have paid off. You would have been smarter to sell at 62 than you would have been now, like I told you. But hindsight's always the easiest thing to look back on. The best thing to do right now is to keep it simple. Blood is in the streets. Some of it's mine. Time to go buy up and just buy quality. And if you don't know where quality is, you're listening to this podcast right now. You can shoot a text message in and we will we'll help you buy that quality and we'll charge you a fair fee for it. Um, it's, a, it's not that hard. It's just emotionally attached to your money. It's a very, very dangerous thing to do. Um, it's almost like being married and having your, um, your secret lover stay in the guest room. It's just <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> I, uh, I was talking with somebody the other day and it was, you know, about kind of like the psychology of investors over the last, you know, couple years and how, um, how this is going to negatively impact over the last couple of years, the way the pandemic and just the market being that it's been so frothy and it had nothing to do with their skill set, nothing to do with how good they were, 
you know, I would say majority, right? I'm, I'm just going to go majority, minority. There's, you know, technical traders, technical real estate investors, people that look at fundamentals, really, you know, really smart and uh, unemotional about things. But in terms of like the mass, you know, bucket of retail investors and all different types of, you know, vehicles, so many people, they got conditioned that, you know, microwave money and these quick hits of, you know, appreciation or these quick, you know, tranches of, uh, you know, equity that just spiked up and they were making money by literally doing nothing, but just being in the game. So you got to always reward people and give them a pat on the back for being in the arena. But you also, if you want to, you know, win against the bull long-term being in the arena just isn't about, you know, standing there, right? You have to understand the strategy of what you're doing inside that arena. And so many people now I feel like are conditioned for this microwave money. And when it comes to like real wealth, I don't care who you are. I mean, I, the, the 60, 70 year old guy that's got money, uh, to the, you know, 20 year old person that, you know, made some good money over the last couple of years, the, the people that are going to win long-term are going to be the ones that really understand, you know, wealth is cooked slow. It's over time. It's with the right ingredients, with the right love, the right attention, you know, and the crockpot wealth is always where the best stuff is, is really created. And I think too many people now have gotten conditioned with this bad night mindset and really poor habits around their money. And so it's going to be interesting for me to see how these next couple of years shake out because I do believe we will technically, we already are, but I think, you know, we'll be in some level of recession, how deep and challenging that recession is, um, I think is going to depend on how the next 12 months really go and how people respond. And, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, here coming up, but I think, this could also be a snapshot in time of being one of the best times to buy. If you are a crockpot minded investor and your dollar cost averaging your way out of some of these, you know, troughs that were bouncing around, I think this could be, I mean, hence why I'm saying, let's go, let's open up another account. Let me get you some more money because I don't want that money sitting stale on the sidelines and don't get me wrong. I have some cash, you know, reserves because I do think there's going to be some opportunistic real estate buys and I want to be able to take advantage of that. And I think my opportunity there will be great. But at the end of the day, I also want to make sure I'm pumping money back into and diversifying in a market that I think is really on discount right now. And we've talked a lot about this, right? Of, you know, many people trying to time the market and instead just saying, Hey, even if you and I were talking, right? Like you don't need to be dumping $5,000 a month into the market. You don't need to be throwing 50K at the market right now, right? Like what would you say to the person that's got 50 or even 25, you know, just sitting on the sidelines that they're going, I'm looking for that right buy. What would you say to that person? For myself, I told everybody the same thing. Um, I had somebody call and say, Hey, I want to put a hundred thousand dollars into the market. And I said, great, let's do it over six months. Um, you know, I let's do it over a period of time. That's not today. And so we can dollar cost average and, and the market may start to recover. And we'll look back and say, man, 
shouldn't, wow, wouldn't it have been great if we did that lump sum? But you just can't, you're always going to have everything like that because in 2020 hindsight, you, you see everything that you would have done and you cannot, that's another thing. Um, but to your point, I think the thing that um, I've been running into a lot lately is people that want to, want like, they want wealth and they want retirement, but they also don't want to save or do the, the hard thing to get there. And a lot of people, you know, if you're if you're on a low income and you can't even save 30 or 40 or 50 bucks a month and you're sitting here telling yourself, oh, when I get more money, I'm going to save. When you get more money, you're just going to spend more. And so that's the problem as well with a lot of people is their income goes up and their spending moves in tandem with it. And because they're so used to pushing out every dollar and spending every dollar, because that's where they get their hit. Um, they're not used to saving and, and, and getting the hit from seeing the returns long-term in those accounts, knowing that this eventually is going to make it so I don't have to work. So if you're out there and you're, you haven't started and you're just listening to podcasts, good first step. Um, but you need to take the leap and and start investing somewhere. And it doesn't matter if interest rates are high and you want to get into real estate. And it doesn't matter if the stock market's in a bad area right now. Even if we do go into a recession, it doesn't matter. It's like it's such short-term thinking. And you have to be a long-term thinker when you do investing. So just another little tidbit for you guys. If, if you cannot ever start, if you can't do it when it's hard, you're definitely not going to do it when it's easy. I mean, it, and the funniest part is, at least in my world, when it's bad, that is when it's easy. When it's good, it's hard. Everybody's doing it. You have to you have to differentiate yourself. You have to say why you are the one that people want to invest with in my world, or why, how are you going to be the first person to find that property when there's a thousand other people looking at it, not just ten. It's actually easier when you think it's harder. You're just so used to doing it the wrong way, you can't see that. Yeah, it's funny. So I, I I heard this the other day and I thought, you know, this is not only an analogy for life and for business, but it's also, I think, a good analogy for, you know, whether it's real estate investments or, you know, the market investments is you cannot hope for an easy life and an epic story. When your trials are trivial, so too are your accomplishments, right? And it's, it, I mean, let's just, you know, metaphorically equate that back to, investing in stocks or real estate, like you got to one, have some cojones to be able to weather challenging times and storms when everybody else is zigging and you have the, you know, discipline and the consistency and the persistence to zag, right? Like, and also it's when, you know, you make some mistakes along the way and you take those on the chin and you brush yourself off and you learn from those things and you get back in the game and you get better and better. You more battle tested, your mindset's different. You get a little bit more wisdom, you know, a little more tools on the tool belt. Like you can't expect to have some epic life, some epic bank accounts, some epic business, some epic, you know, impact on other people. If you're not willing to take some risk, and you're not willing to consistently stay in that path and that vein over and over and over again. Because when I look at, you know, some of the people that I really admire that I know have not only great track records of success, they've got massive bank accounts, you know, they've got, you know, big businesses, they've made a big impact in whatever space they're playing in. 
those people have gotten their ass kicked. Like there's no, no way around it. There are times that you're going to be, you know, really tested. And I think, you know, in the context of what we're talking about in investing right here is there's a lot of quote unquote retail investors being tested right now. And this is where you right go back and you fall on your fundamentals and you fall on the disciplines and you fall on your counsel. And that's why it's so important to be surrounded by the right people, especially in times and markets like right now. Because when you're reading the narrative of we're in a bear market and things are getting worse and we're heading towards a recession and maybe a depression and you know rate hikes are this and inflation is that and unemployment is this, how easy is that to just curl up in a little ball and say, oh, stop until just tell me when it's over and then I'll come back when it's good, right? Like, no, these are the times when you got to get in and lean in and go, okay, these are the opportunities. This is where the big boys and the big girls get excited and they come to play and they know that even though it is hard and it is challenging, you know, having that level of consistency and discipline and grit to push through whatever mental or physical hurdles you might feel and see and, you know, hear right in front of you, that those are the people that end up going, thank God I kept pushing in those times where it felt tough. Thank God I didn't sit on the sidelines when everybody else was, you know, running for the hills. I got in the arena and I got after it. And yep. so I think that's where it's really important to, you know, make sure, you know, there's balance, of course, I think everybody's solving for a particular problem or a particular goal. So of course, you know, make sure you're making decisions that are aligned with those goals, but don't play small either. Now is not the time to play small. If anything, now is the time to really start gearing up and getting yourself ready to play very big because these are the moments you're going to look back. I mean, I wish, you know, I knew what I knew now in 2010, 11, and 12 when I got into real estate because I would have bought and done five, 10, a hundred times as much as I possibly could have done, you know, today back then knowing what I know. And I think that this is going to be another one of those inflection points for a lot of people in their wealth building journey over the next two to five years. Because if you understand market cycles, then you know that, yeah, we don't know where we're specifically at, you know, in this particular, you know, um, area of the market cycle. We know we're going from the top, right? And we're heading in a recession down to the trough. Now, where we're at on that bell curve, who knows? But we do know what direction it's trending. And that also, right, tells us that we're one day closer to the trough and we're also one day closer to a recovery, which you want to be aggressive in making smart and sound investments during that time. So you can continue to position yourself for when things do recover. You're not going, man, I wish I would have or could have or should have done those things. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. People always are like, oh man, institutions and Wall Street always screws people over and this and that. People screw people over. They, they screw themselves over really what it is. All Wall Street does is when y'all sell, you know that when you sell, it has to be purchased, right? Who do you think is buying? A lot of people just think when you hit sell, it just liquidates and that's just a button. There's a buyer on the other side. There has to be. If there wasn't, when you hit sell, it wouldn't liquidate. So just know you should be worried when if you could hit sell and it goes right through. Because all you're doing is giving somebody else that stock at a cheaper price at your expense. That's that's all you do. And I it blows my mind that it's more complicated for people than that. Cause I'm on here saying the easiest way to understand it. And still some people will be like, Oh no, you know, 
Losses are really big right now. We haven't taken any losses. We own the same quantity. They're just worth less. I wouldn't sell. I would buy more. I know it's all quality. Okay. I just want to make sure. I'm sure. <laughs> That's so hard. It's hard. With, you know, the Federal Open Markets Committee coming out, um, you know, meeting this week, you know, we're hearing a 50 BIP rate hike has at least been the consistent narrative. Yep. You think they'll go any higher, any lower? Um, I think it's 50 basis points. I think that a lot of people are saying that. Uh, I know I read a report by Barclays. They think that 75 basis points is good. I think Bank of America came out and said they would be down with 100 basis points. Um, yeah, I even heard a couple of people say uh, there was one or two guys that were like 200 bips. Like, just let's get this over with. You know, and then uh, obviously the counter to that was, and his his thing, this was, you know, I think trying to make a point, but I was, you know, following this Twitter thread and essentially he said that and the, 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 the point he was trying to make was that um, attacking inflation is way more important than us staying out of a technical recession. We're already in a technical recession. That's why I keep also reminding people. Stop saying we ain't in a fucking recession. We're already in one. Like, don't listen to the news. The news is wrong. We're in a recession. It's, are we going to go into a depression? So don't listen to the news. Don't listen. Fuck all those people. Ryan doesn't lie. We're in a technical recession. It's already happening. It's, is it going to get much worse than this? Probably not. It's just going to be bounces of five to six percent, which really, if you're down 20 percent, 20 to 26 is not that big of a travel. One to six is a, zero to six is a lot worse. So, yeah, true. Um, but, it, that, but, but his point that he was trying to get at was, you know, people are so concerned about us going into a recession when, like you're saying, we're already there. You know, will it get more aggressive? Will it, you know, be a little shorter, less, you know, intense, still to be determined. But with that being said, he was saying inflation is way more important to fight than us trying to prevent some deep recession. I don't think inflation, I've been saying this, I do not believe inflation is as bad as people keep thinking it is. It's just high. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast 
And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Do you know what inflation was at in nineteen in the nineteen eighties before we went into a recession? It's sixteen point four percent. So, like, we have so much farther to go, and people just have no, they just have no idea. I, when I get into my car, hit a fucking button and it turns on. Okay, do you know how much shit happens between that button being hit and the engine starting? I, there's so much shit that goes on and I have no idea, but it works every time when I, as long as there's battery power, right? People need to be comfortable and not being experts at everything and just relying on the experts. And that's why if, if you're a, re, a retail investor, you should not do your own financial planning. You just shouldn't. Um, Dow bar report, go look it up. You won't make very much money. Um, you just again, what was that report? It's called the Dow bar report um it, most retail investors average a negative rate of return long term after you uh, put in taxes and inflation because they sell too much and at the at, at the like absolute worst times and they don't do the research to know where to go so they continuously hold their money in non-yielding assets which hurt them long term so you know, most people should have a financial planner or a financial advisor, whatever you call yourself. I call myself a financial advisor. You should have somebody in your corner doing your investing and you should not be, you know, I tell my clients all the time, don't call me and tell me what to do. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> That's not my job. Your job is to listen to me. You pay me to listen to me. Um, so the letting go is hard to do. But it's also very, very, very important because I promise you, I know how to deal with your money better than you do. It's really like I have to treat sometimes my clients, and I mean this in the best way because I like, I love you guys, like kids, like punishing a kid. A kid does not ever think they deserve to be punished when they're being punished. But you as the parent know it's better for them because it's going to teach them to be a better person. I know that taking losses in the stock market is not fun to watch in your account statements. But the prudent thing to do and data would support it is stay invested. The longer you stay invested, the less you take losses long-term. It just takes a long time to get that, that red badge of courage put on your chest. So, Well, we are definitely, I think, seeing some market cooling and shifts in the real estate side of things. Yeah. But are we in an affordability crisis? No. I just think it's more expensive to get money. And that's... it's. Not that was going to happen eventually. Um, people are like way, way hyper fixated on headline news. So like 2019 interest rates were where exact were higher than where they are right now. And so getting a mortgage, you would have got a more my first mortgage interest rate before APR, I was 4.5% with PMI, and I was probably hitting like four nine after you APR'd it. That's Pretty much what you're doing today. That's what you're getting as a well-qualified buyer today. Four and a half to five and a half percent. And 
do you realize that 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 percentage doesn't matter unless you amortize it, right? I mean, yeah, your monthly payment's going to go up by a couple hundred bucks, but are you going to stay in the house for 30 years? No. Your house is still going to appreciate faster than your interest rate. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really, again, this is where it gets very frustrating being, being said this for the past three years. And now we're here and now people are bitching and moaning because they didn't listen for the past three years. And now they're, oh, money's expensive. Why didn't you go get yourself uh, lined up so you could have like a life insurance policy to lend out of? I've been talking about it for many years. I don't, oh, well, I, now I think it's a good time to set up. Great. Start your three-year ticker. That's when you can touch your policy. Why didn't you, um, why were you so heavily invested in such cyclical items? Why were you so heavy in this one stock? Well, I saw it on Wall Street bets and all this stuff. Great. How's that working out now? Why didn't you sell your Bitcoin when it was high? Because I thought it was going to continue to go up. Boy, great. Based on what? All of it roots back to emotion and you're all just wrong. I'm here telling you that we're not on the expert side. We're not 100% right, but we are sure as hell right a lot more times than most retail investors are. That's why we have a freaking job. That's why we're regulated. That's why we have licenses. I mean, do you think this is just a wake up and I throw a hat on and I go tell people how to do, use their money? <laughs> Licensed and credentialed, highly credentialed. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a job. It's a hard job to do. And the reason it's a hard job to do is because most people don't have the wherewithal to do it. Most people don't know how to take a performer and say, man, I could plug really nice numbers into this, make myself feel good about this deal and buy it. Most people won't put the worst case scenario in. Most people won't take their insurance policies and back the illustrated rate down by two and a half percent because it's just not, you shouldn't look at the best case scenario. Yep. You just shouldn't. Yep. You have to look at stuff like that. And then you have to be comfortable getting those rates of return, knowing you can build your empire off of them so that when the errors happen, they're in your favor. Y'all are too caught up on planning on best case scenario because that's been what you've been able to do for the past 18 months. And that is not reality. We've been sounding that alarm for a while. With blue the blues, are the overhead. a little more yeah. casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, housing costs right now, housing cost to income levels are at 2006 levels. But the difference here is, you know, inventory, the amount of mortgages that were given to um, deserving credit grade borrowers is much higher regulated than it's ever been over the last decade. So the amount of people that are in mortgages that they should be in is good. It's at a healthy at an all time high. Yeah, it's at a healthy level. We have more inventory. Or, I'm sorry, we have more equity in housing than we've ever had in the history of the United States. You know, I think which is going have- to provide programs. I guarantee you, if there is a foreclosure issue, they'll go in and they'll say, "Yo, we're just going to tap some of your equity." Yep, it's ours now, but you can keep the home. Well, California is already doing a similar type of program where they're helping people purchase new houses, but they are getting percentage ownership of that that asset. When they sell. So you're going to see more and more of those programs coming out. Not sure how I feel about those, but at the end of the day, we're not in a housing crisis and we're not heading towards one anytime soon. I mean, yes, inventory is up. Just to give you guys some updated stats as we do every single week. Inventory is up 15.9% year over year. It's up 5.6% week over week. But let me give you a larger 
lens as to whether or not that's a concerning jump in inventory or not. Compared to the same week in 2020, we're still down 43.2% in terms of inventory. Three years ago to 2019, the same week, we're down 58.3%. So we are still, and you guys, if in, unless you've forgotten, you got COVID brain, the level of inventory and the market of where it was at in 2019 and then 2020 was still ripping. It was still healthy. And we are still... Yeah, it was hard as hell for me to get a house. We're still 43% down from the same week in inventory in 2020. And in 2019, we're down almost 60% still. So with that being said, yes, the 30-year mortgage jumped up to, I think, about on average 5.85%. I predict that we're going to be probably in the mid sixes by the end of the year, if not higher. Um, you know, payments went up about 56% year over year. Again, make sure that's relative to, you know, the macro picture of what we've been dealing with over the last, you know, decade, handful of years. That being said, yes, of course, these are the things that the Fed is doing to slow things down a little bit. So I believe, yes, we're going to continue to see inventory jump. We're going to continue to see rates, you know, can rise. Mm-hmm. I think appreciation as we see more houses hit the market, less offers going aggressively towards, you know, less inventory. We're going to see that get spread across. So we'll probably see appreciation slow to normal, you know, percentages of three to 5%. And I think demand is going to continue to remain healthy, but, you know, get curbed a little bit. There's nothing bad about this whatsoever. I do think that as, you know, some liquidity gets sucked out of the market, you know, cost of money gets a little bit more expensive. Again, paying attention to what happens with CPI, what happens with um, unemployment, you know, those are some of the things that I think will shake out some opportunistic buys for people that are ready to capitalize and capable of capitalizing, be bankable, have good relationships, do have some cash on hand so you can take advantage of what's going to be out there because those opportunities are going to be out there. Someone's going to get them. Someone's going to be getting direct to seller. Someone's going to be you know, working lead generation campaigns to find those types of opportunities because at the end of the day, you know, this is a recession and it will create challenges for a good chunk of people. And there's a lot of people who are not listening to the millionaire mindcast and they're not planning properly. They're not having the right people around them. They're reading the headlines from CNN and Yahoo and, you know, uh, ABC. And those are the people that ultimately end up getting steered in the wrong direction and making decisions that really are not in their best interest. So That's why it's so important, I think, to continue to make sure whoever it is that's speaking and whispering into your ear and manipulating the way you think and the way you think changes the way you feel and the way you feel changes the way you act, right? Because most people act on emotion and the way you act is going to get you specific results and that circle of life is going to continue on. So make sure that whoever is, you know, talking into your mind and helping initiate whatever train of thought and action and result you're getting is aligned with what you really, really want and that they have the results and the reputation and all the things that you want for yourself. So critical. So I think 
creative finance is going to come back and start to be something that's very interesting because there's going to be a lot of mortgages that are in great, 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 great long-term fixed rate terms. But there's going to be people that were being an idiot and they weren't cashing up. They you know, got themselves in trouble. They over leveraged themselves in some other area and creative opportunities, I think, are going to present themselves. I did a lot of subject twos and mortgage wraps from 2010 to 2015. Those are still out there. Um, and especially with you know what kind of mortgages we've seen over the last few years, I think there's going to be some great opportunity for you to help some people and also get yourself into something that would be great to sit in long-term. You can stabilize it, the cash flows. So I'm really excited about the next couple of years, to be completely honest. Same. But of course, you know, there's going to be challenges. You got to be ready for those things. And, you know, I would say have some level of reserves, your sleep well at night money that gives you the peace of mind, even if, you know, it does feel like it might be sitting stale, but anything above and beyond that sleep well at night money should be in play, get in action, get in returns, get in yield. And, you know, the people that do that, I think are going to be very, very grateful, you know, come 2030 that uh, they were, you know, in the game, not chasing the microwave money, but building the crockpot wealth and, that's what we're going to continue talking about on this podcast. So if you guys yeah. want to connect with Ryan and his team uh, for your financial portfolio, text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. If you want to connect with me and my team in regards to syndication opportunities, some of the great stuff that we've got going on, text the word deals to 844-447-1555. That being said, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Please, guys, if you enjoy the show, take two minutes to leave us a five-star review in iTunes. It means the world to us. And uh, we got some exciting stuff coming up uh, here later this uh, year that we're going to be, you know, rolling out sharing with you guys. So, uh, don't forget to stay tuned with us. And until then keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million in bond. We shall see you in next week's episode. Cheers. Peace. Peace. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of wealth building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next 
keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.